Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. This is Andres Wiest. He is from Millennial Zen Coaching out of Orem, Utah. And Andres, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast with me today. What would you like the audience to know about Millennial Zen Coaching? First off, thank you for having me. Millennial Zen Coaching is my baby. Uh, Millennial Zen Coaching. Millennial, I chose that name because we're future focused. Some people think millennial, oh, we're focusing only on the millennial generation, but that's not the case. We're a focused, future focused coaching company where we target helping clients vision the vision their ideal life and zen people think oh zen all a bunch of hippies that's not the case either it's zen is to have the sense of calm despite all the turmoil we focus on innovation and resiliency coaching we all get to a point in life where we need to innovate various aspects of of our everyday living and so and those innovations sometimes can be tough so along with the innovation we i coach people on how to be resilient during those times of change and to help clients go from their current reality to their ideal reality that's fantastic we're going to cover just a little bit more with question number three when we get to talk about resilience for a little bit so i'm excited to hear what you have to say So let's go ahead with that in mind. Let's go ahead and get started with our questions today. The first question that we ask is to share a time when you had a conflict with either a coworker or some other individual and how you resolved it. Uh, That's a funny story. (laughs) It, It was during one of my internships. I was working with the health supplement company and you know, I was an idealistic young man, and I thought, I want to take this company to heights larger than Gatorade. I, I thought, well, I'm going to contact athletes. I'm going to contact all these sports leagues. And I went to my manager. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily a conflict it was more of a learning opportunity with some inner conflict in myself. So I went to my manager and I said, I'm going to contact the NBA, the MLB, all these people. And so he just looked at me and said, go for it. And with a smile on his face. And I thought, Oh, this is the red, the green light. I get to go let those horses run. So I started contacting athletes. And all the athletes said yes. And I thought, it can't get any better than this. And I, but they always had a caveat where it said, but I need to talk to my agents. I need to make sure there aren't any performance enhancing sub drugs or anything in them. And I went to my manager and I told him, and he just looked at me and he said, yup. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? Yup. It's like, that's not cool. He said, Oh, I knew what was going to happen. He said, how could you have broken that down to more 
reasonable goals instead of trying to eat the elephant at once. And so that was, uh, I'm not going to lie, there was initially some bitter feelings where I thought, how is he letting me fall flat on my face like that? And I, I did ask him that, and I he said, how else would you have learned? And I, so after that, you know, there was some struggle because I thought I get to do all these great things and he let me fall flat on my face. But then it was a beautiful learning moment and I, I learned a lot from him from that moment to, on how to establish smart goals. So I like that story. Thank you for sharing that, first of all. And yeah, we, we do have to kind of, to use the phrase, learn the hard way sometimes. And it yeah, takes a very- Not always nice, fun. Well, and I appreciate your perspective because you're looking back on it now, not with the bitterness, you know, maybe initially, but now you're, you're seeing the value of it. You're seeing the perspective of uh, perhaps more wisdom and age behind you now, but, uh, but that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Our second question, you've heard the phrase, certainly, that people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. What's one strategy that you could offer to managers and other leaders to help them retain their talent a little bit longer than they might otherwise? Oh, that's a good question. I would say managers should be interested in investing in their employees. They should invest in the employee's success, not look at it as, oh, I'm investing in these employees. They're going to leave me. If you're a good manager, you want them to move on and uh, make the manager's wisdom go viral, so to, so to say. If you're a good manager, you want to breed other good leaders. So a way to have members, you know, your employees stick around is to know they're not going to stick around but for a good reason. You don't want employees to leave on because you're a miserable manager. You want employees to leave because you've invested in their success. And those employees will in turn invest their hard work in making you look like a good manager. That is a great answer. I really like that because you're, I, I completely agree. There's a, there's a perspective that the leaders need to take that it's almost impossible to keep them forever. You just, you're just probably not going to do that, but we can keep them around a little bit longer than we might otherwise if we invest in them. I love that response. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Question number three. This is kind of the, the fun one that I'm looking forward to hearing your response to. My How can leaders? What's that? As, as My wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. How can leaders help build resilience in a team? <clears throat> um, first off, sometimes leaders just don't know how, which that's okay. And then you need to look for outside resources for someone like in my line of business. And it doesn't necessarily need to be me, but sometimes you need someone who's been in the trenches and know how to help build resiliency. Now, if a manager or leader doesn't want to do that, there's six steps that can help. Uh, first, that strong support system, investing in, in the success of your team. You, you need 
you will stick with the term trenches. You're in it together. That's what's going to be build the resiliency. Um, and inspirational purpose within the team. Uh, inside of them, uh, that's how I like to look at ins- inspiration in the person. So that helps them. They need to feel it internally. Um, plans don't always work out as one would hope. So a good leader will, not only will they personally practice adaptability, but they will preach it to their team. Where it's like, you'll explain it to them. You know what? It's not always going to go to the game plan. That's okay. There are multiple paths to the same goal. Uh, build that trust. I think those initial ones, you have the support system. If people are working from the inside out and they know that it's okay to be fluid in the work that's going to foster trust which is a beautiful thing in a team um you got to nurture that optimism within your employees to know that game plans are only a plan it's not set in stone and you need communication i mean in any relationship personal or professional communication is vital and so you communicate often and have productive meetings i don't when i say productive it doesn't need to be numerous ones a day it can be one a week but make them impactful and they don't need to be long cover the basics and make sure that everyone is still aligned on their the team's inspired purpose and if someone goes askew then do the initial five and to get back to that aligned state for everyone. And I mean, six seems like a large number, but they build on each other and they can feel natural when done the right way. And so that is how I view building team resiliency. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Let's go on to question number four. Are there, is there a person or are there some people that you'd like to recognize that have had an influence in your life? <sighs> How long is this podcast? <laughs> we try to keep it reasonably <laughs> short, but uh, it's always, it's a tough one to narrow down, isn't it? Because it's like, it can be a long list. So. That is a long list. And I've had a lot of experiences in my life. Um, someone that has made a difference in my life so many people but i'd have to say probably the biggest it was my grandpa he passed years ago but he was the he was my sounding board for everything for the deep things and the funny things and he was not afraid to correct me when I was going off the path. He, he was, his name for me was pal. So I'd call him up and he'd always say, Hey pal. And that simple three letter word just meant the word to me. And so he made the biggest difference in my life and just, he, he taught me how to be a resilient person. So he made the biggest difference. He kind of helped get you where you are today, obviously, if you're focused on resilience. Indirectly, but he did. 
Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for recognizing him. I love it when guests share their family members had an influence on them for one reason or another. So thank you for recognizing him. All right. Our last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job. Oh, that was a fun one. A 16 year old high school kid. I was in a business class. My teacher announced to the class that the Orem city courthouse was trying to hire a high school kid. I thought at the time, I thought I want to be a lawyer, you know, read all those John Grisham books. Lawyers were awesome and flashy. I still respect the profession. Um, So I thought I want to work in a courthouse. This is my in. And so I went and worked there and it was not flashy at all, but it was awesome. I'd pull cases for the day. I'd seal warrants and envelopes, mail them out. I'd put case files away and then they found out I was fluent in Spanish and so then I'd get to translate when people would come to pay things and a handful of times I got to go sit in during a court case and translate and so that was an amazing first job I did not become a lawyer obviously but that was an amazing first job and yeah, it catapulted me into learning how to communicate communicate with people of all different ages. Wow, that, that's a great first job. That's I think that's a new one of all the episodes I've done, all the interviews and everything. I think it's the first person that's actually worked in a courthouse. But I love that. And yeah, sometimes our first jobs don't always mean we're going to turn them into careers, but uh, we still we still learn a lot from them. So that's awesome. Thank you. Well, Andres, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? Well. I am I have a website, millennial-zen.com. I am growing my social media presence right now. I do have an upcoming podcast myself coming up all about innovation and resiliency. The It will be called the Millennial Zen Podcast. I will live stream on Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn, And then after that, I will upload them on various podcast platforms, but there will be YouTube versions of it as well. So, but the best way to get a hold of me and all upcoming things is my website. Fantastic. All right. Once again, that's millennial-zen.com, correct? Correct. Very good. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, we invite you to go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also invite you to subscribe or follow the podcast, either the video version or the audio version. We'd love to have you join us on a regular basis. Thanks so much for joining us today. Have a great day.